0: This is Making Shift Happen, and I'm your host, Jen Cates. Over the years, I've coached hundreds of clients to find their ideal self through the way they nourish their bodies and minds, and now I'm here to help pass on these same strategies to you. So, let's stop the madness and get your results once and for all. Let's go. Welcome, everyone. Thanks again for joining me today. Today's episode is going to be a doozy, and... I might get a little heated because this is a topic that is something that I feel the fitness and health industry really needs to drive home for everyone, for especially our clients and our family and loved ones. And that is the fact that the scale is a liar. And by scale, I do mean the body weight scale. And the reason for that is because if you were to stand on the scale and ask it the same exact question, five times a day (laughs) throughout the day, depending on, you know, what time of day and and things like that, you will get five different answers. Each answer being just as potentially flawed as the other one that you just asked it, or as the next one that you're going to ask it. Because too many of us find ourselves being defined by the number on that scale. We define our self-worth and we tie our self-worth to that number that that pesky little scale generates. Thinking that we must be doing something right if the number must, if the is going down or trending downward in our attempt to lose weight, while also thinking that we must be failing or doing something wrong if that number increases. Because here's the thing, the number on the scale will not bring you happiness. The quicker that you realize that, the better off you will be. Because here's the thing with End goals or goals that you have that are body weight related. Not to say that these goals are bad or anything like that, but just saying that sometimes these goals might not be ideal. Like they might not be where or what you need to be focusing on at this point in your life. Okay. And the reason I say that is because the scale lies. It's not the whole truth. And if your goal is to lose weight, quote unquote, lose weight. And you get there, you think that you're going to be happier if you lose weight, right? Say 10 pounds, 20 pounds. Once you get to the 10 to 20 pound loss, you think that that's going to bring you happiness. But here's the thing, it's not. And that's where I think disappointment lies for a lot of us. Because once we do get to that weight loss, 10 pounds, 20 pounds, six pack abs, Uh, uh, I don't know, perky breasts, whatever you whatever your goal is. Once you get there, you're going to realize, you know, that doesn't really make me any happier, might make me feel good about myself, might make me build a little bit more confidence about my body. But all of that underlying bullshit that you're feeding yourself all of those that underlying insecurities and self doubt and self worth questioning, It could be childhood PTSD. It could be a childhood issue that you're having, whatever it is, all of that is still there. It's not being addressed. So again, the number on the scale will not necessarily bring you ultimate happiness. The quicker you realize that, the better off you will be. So can you tell me what you're going to do when you get those six pack abs or when you finally get to that magical body weight number that you've been striving for month after month, day after day, week after week? Because you're likely going to realize that you still have the same problems that you had before. All right. One thing that I do want to drive home in today's episode is the fact that weight gain does not equal fat gain. I'm going to say that again. Weight gain does not equal fat fat gain i've had clients get concerned when they see the number on the scale start to increase by one pound then maybe two then you know hey maybe even five pounds within a week despite closely following their nutrition hydration plans and goals and i have news this can be normal depending on the person your your weight can honestly depending on the person it can drastically fluctuate and Excuse me. There are a variety of different reasons it could be due to hydration levels, uh, your water balance in your body, electrolyte load, especially with sodium. If you did have a little bit of a higher sodium food, carbohydrate intake, hormones, lack of sleep, stress, hell, even the climate, uh, and a variety of other factors. And I'm going to speak a little nerdy to you in order for you to gain a pound of fat. You generally have to eat a surplus of 3,500 calories. Okay. 3,500 calories. That's a fair amount of food. If you're closely following your nutrition plan that you have for yourself and you really haven't had any, you know, quote unquote off plan meals, I hate even saying that, but you know, then the likelihood of you actually gaining a pound of fat within a week or so isn't very realistic unless you're just sitting on the sofa and you're eating bonbons endlessly ordering pizzas and you're eating a lot of calorically dense foods that can add up to 3,500 calories that in extra, extra uh, on top of what your body's burning and things like that at at level like at at baseline on the, cof- on the couch on the sofa <laughs> so you have to basically be eating 3500 extra calories above what we call a basal metabolic rate which is the number of calories needed to keep your body basically functioning at rest so on the sofa not even doing a damn thing all right Be realistic with yourself when you see that number pop up up on the scale and ask yourself if any of the above factors could be attributed to that increase on the scale, especially, you know, menstruating individuals listening to this. Hormones our monthly cycle. If it is a monthly cycle, you know, if it is regular and also if it's irregular, that can cause that number to fluctuate uh, fairly drastically depending on the person. Okay. Now, I personally also find that stress and lack of sleep are huge indicators of weight gain for a lot of clients and myself included, because, you know, if I have a night of just really crappy sleep, I can wake up, you know, maybe higher stress. I could wake up the next day and just kind of feel a little bit bloated and feel a little bit, bleh. um, you know, this is why getting less than seven hours of sleep really can play a huge role in obesity. And I'm going to link it to a study that I, that did research this. And it, it's for a variety of reasons, but ultimately I just want you to remember that weight gain doesn't always equal fat gain. Okay. Weight and fat gain are two different things. Could likely just be water weight, especially if you are eating an, an influx of carbohydrates or things like that, because carbohydrates are carbohydrate. So they're holding water. They hold extra water compared to proteins and fats and alcohol. (laughs) So instead of looking at the scale, I want you to measure success in other ways. And I will say that your daily weight isn't the only number that you should rate your success on. And I'm going to talk about a few things that you can dial in and look at as other additional metrics to your progress, especially if it is weight gain or muscle gain or things like that. First of all, It's only one piece of information. That number on the scale, it is literally one piece of information and it only tells you your relationship with gravity. It only tells you your relationship with gravity. Okay. Again, one piece of information. It's not really telling you a lot. Secondly, it is more ideal if you are going to weigh yourself, it's more ideal to consider your average weight over a period of time instead of riding that roller coaster of ups and downs because weight loss, if you are seeking weight loss is not necessarily linear. Same thing with weight gain. If you are looking to gain like mass and muscle, it's not necessarily linear because you're going to have those fluctuations day to day, depending on your poop and depending on your fiber and depending on your stress and sleep, because unless you are a magician and you are magically getting seven to eight hours of sleep or more, you're stress-free, you're basically floating in The Sound of Music, Uh, you know, the hills are alive with music, that type of situation, and you're absolutely carefree, you know, then maybe you're going to have a linear progress with your weight up or down, but it's not realistic, right? I don't know a lot of us who are (laughs) like the characters in The Sound of Music twirling about on green grass. So, like I mentioned, I want you to take the average weight over a period of time. So week to week, look at those trends of your body weight, not every single daily weigh in. So if you have some fluctuations, remember poop, stress, sleep, hormones, sodium, hydration, all of that stuff does play a factor in this. And like I already mentioned, the scale is only one piece of data to be analyzed when it comes to weight loss or gain. So, you know, it, it, it can be a valuable piece of information, sure, but it's not the only piece of information that you should use. In addition to body weight, I really think it's best to consider a few other pieces of information when analyzing your overall success of your you know, your plan that you're going forward with your, your goals. I personally use the following metrics to evaluate the progress of my own clients and myself. And one of them is body fat percentage. That's an, a thing. But here's the thing with body fat percentage it's not going to be precise. I don't care if you're using in body, DEXA scan, calipers, all of them are going to give you different pieces of information. So I only want you to compare apples to apples and oranges to oranges. So if you're starting with a DEXA scan, end with a DEXA scan, only compare a DEXA scan with a DEXA scan. And by the way, the DEXA scan is going to be the gold standard. Definitely. It's going to be more accurate than calipers, definitely more accurate than the body weight scale that you're stepping on. That's, you know, basically giving you bioelectric feedback and things like that. Um, but yeah, body fat percentage, it is something to look at, but it's not the end all be all. It's a lot like the scale. It can fluctuate because again, body fat percentage, depending on what Device you're using to measure your body fat, it's going to be inaccurate, it's not going to be 100% trustworthy, and it can give you some fluctuations based on hormones, water, all of that stuff, depending on what you use. I do also recommend circumference measurements of various parts of your body, ideally your waist, so at your belly button or at your narrowest point in your waist as well as, you know, maybe a couple, which is usually a couple of inches above your belly button. For most people, again, we're all different because we all have different bodies. That's what makes us amazing. But your waist is going to be key. I usually recommend a couple of different areas on the waist, depending on the person, uh, usually at belly button and two inches above the belly button or at the narrowest part of the, of the waist. Your hips, at your hip bones, preferably getting a little bit of that ass in that measurement. <laughs> Uh, your chest usually at, or just above your nipple line is going to be best your thigh at the thickest part closest to your hips, um, or closest kind of to your groin area. I didn't want to say the word groin on this, on this episode, but too late. Uh, but do measure, you know, the thickest part of your thigh and not the narrowest your arm. You can measure your arm flexed, curls for the girls. Uh, You can measure it flexed if you are interested in what the growth of your bicep is. (laughs) I know some of you might be. Um, You can also measure it relaxed. Totally up to you. What I do recommend is for all of these measurements, especially for the waist and hips, do them in the chest. Do them with a fully exhaled breath because that is something that a lot of folks just don't realize. Like, oh my God, my chest grew by an inch. If I was a magician and could grow your boobs or your chest in one week by an inch, oh my gosh, I'd be a millionaire. Trust me, that's not really the situation, not to put the pin in the big red balloon of hope, but exhale your air. <laughs> it's something that you'll learn uh, kind of the hard way. One thing I will also say, one uh, with measurements, you do the measurements yourself. You are going to be more consistent than someone else measuring you unless they are are a tailor or seamstress or whatever that person is going to be called that specializes in body measurements day in and day out. They do it for a living. So I really recommend you doing the measurements because you will know if you're on the right spot and you're going to care more about your own measurements than your partner or than a friend or your trainer. I mean, even if my clients asked me to measure them, I would say no. I said, I I mean, just because of honestly, like, you know, mm, physical touch. Like um, I'm okay with that, but I try to be safe with my clients uh, and keep a safe space with them. So I personally wouldn't measure them, but I would ask them and I would show them how to measure them themselves, you know, and that would give them kind of a comfort level. Plus, you know, use your tattoos, use moles, use scars as a point of reference on your body especially like arm, hip, you know, sometimes those areas can get a little bit weird. Like, well, how much of my ass did I get in my hip measurement? You know, and, and that stuff can vary because sometimes we just don't know, or the measuring tape could fall a little bit lower or higher or whatever. So just try to be as consistent as possible and remember where you're doing the measurements week, week after week. Progress photos. These are going to be the most uncomfortable thing that you were going to do. And you were possibly going to give me or another coach that you're working with. But let me tell you, time and time again, I've had client after client tell me thank you. Because especially, I don't care, male, female, anything, the weight sometimes will stay the same. This is why I freaking hate, i trying not to drop an F-bomb, this is why I hate the scale so much. And this is why I hate only looking at the scale so much. I hate that even more. I don't mind the scale, but looking only at the scale is going to freaking drive you into a wall and it's going to make you crazy. Um, I shouldn't use the word crazy, but it's just going to drive you absolutely up the wall. And that's not where I want my people to be. It's not where I want you to be. Take pictures, front, side, back. Take a picture of your face. People's faces change, especially as they're doing weight, weight loss or gain. Um, take pictures. Because time and time again, I've had clients that have had a steady weight, but holy hell, their measurements have changed and their physical appearance has dramatically changed. The, the part underneath your chin loses a little bit of fat. Your cheeks might become a little bit less swollen looking. Your neck becomes a little bit thinner. You become more more physically toned. I hate to use that word, but like you become a little bit more athletic looking, a little bit more muscular muscle. does, you know, look a little bit more sharp and I have seen it time and time again, especially when I take clients through a build and they're increasing their mass, increasing their muscle, increasing their weight a little bit. And then they do a cut. I see it a lot because then they've grown a lot of muscle in the process. And then they've lost the fat that covers that muscle last, but certainly not least biofeedback. This is going to be incredibly important. Biofeedback basically means listening to your body to check in and see how it's feeling as you progress. Yes, I said the word feeling. Yes, I I did used to work in research and look at data points endlessly for over 12 years. And those were hard data points for the most part. Some studies did actually, especially mental health studies that I worked on over the years, they used scales that did did uh, they were more subjective than objective but this is important because let me ask you this are you going to enjoy dieting if you absolutely feel like shit no are you going to enjoy dieting when you're treating your spouse like an ass- asshole no and they're not going to enjoy it either you know i might know from experience if your libido is really low it's tanked. You're not wanting to be intimate. You're not wanting to be close. If you find, you know, and this is speaking to people who are not asexual, that's not, that's not pleasurable. That is not enjoyable. Your libido should be prosperous, but let me, so now that hopefully you've answered those questions yourself, you know, how would you enjoy yourself and how would you enjoy life and the dieting process if you did feel like hell and you were being an asshole and I don't know, all of that stuff. How long do you think, you're going to actually stick to that diet when you're feeling like an ass, you're treating other people like an asshole and you don't have libido, you don't have any like joie de vivre, you have no joy of life. Um you're melancholy, you're down, your energy's low, you're sullen looking. That's not the way to live in a diet, okay? Diets should be for weight loss, should be a little bit or fat loss, should be a little bit um tricky. They should be a little bit challenging. You might be a little bit hungry because you are generally eating a little bit less than your general intake, but they should not be miserable. You should not be a miserable human being on them. Okay. I give you permission. I I give you permission listeners to not be a Royal asshole to the people that you love by being on a diet. That's, that's not worth the six pack abs. It's not worth the smaller waistline. It's not worth the smaller number on the scale. So let me give you a few things to think about when it comes to biofeedback, because I'm going to ask you how you're feeling because feelings are important. All right. And again, I know they're subjective. They're not objective, but they are important. I can't emphasize this enough. Biofeedback are my favorite things to ask my clients week in and week out with their check-ins. So if you're not working with me, I'm sorry, but if you're not working with me, then check in with yourself once every one to two weeks while you're following whatever nutrition plan you're on. And then even when you're not following any technical set plan, you know, it's it's also still a good idea to still check in because if you're on a maintenance level of kind of just maintaining your current weight, current intake and current goals and performance, then great. You want to be in a constant state of wellness and asking yourself these questions will help you dial in that state of wellness for you. So first things first, ask yourself: How's my sleep? Am I getting at least seven to eight hours a night? I'm sorry for new parents. I this is the asterisk in the podcast. I am air air asterisk-ing. <laughs> uh, If you have a newborn or really any child, let's be real, if you have any child under the age of 16, well, maybe like 10. If you're having any child under the age of 12, I was still kind of a jerk until about 12 um, because I kept getting kidney stones until I was like 10 to 12 uh, in the middle of the night, of course, always when my parents were trying to sleep. But I ask you, how's your sleep? Are you getting at least seven, eight eight hours a night? Unless you're a parent, (laughs) give yourself some grace. Do you wake up feeling relatively well rested? That's the first thing because sleep is incredibly important and it impacts the next one. The next one is how's my recovery from my training, from life, you know, every day. What's my average resting heart rate? Your resting heart rate can tell you a lot about your recovery rate and, um, and also looking at, you know, your heart rate variability, heart rate variability and things like that. But that's a whole other topic but just check in with yourself right when you wake up, you know, what's your average resting heart rate. Maybe look at your wearable device. If you're wearing that, I don't really recommend wearing it to bed technically because, oh man, I'm going to have to do a whole other podcast on that. Um, the little light on the back of your watch that touches your skin, that can actually cause some restlessness at night. So just a little heads up, but ask yourself, how's your recovery? Are you feeling really good and ready to train the next day? So on and so forth. Third, how's my stress level? (laughs) Everyone's going to say it's high. Is it increased, decreased, relatively constant, pretty, you know, is it at a maintainable pace, right? Is it at your baseline? How's your mood? (laughs) This kind of goes along with the, uh, the asshole question, you know, are you being an a-hole to your partner? Are you being an a-hole to yourself? Uh, are you generally joyous? Are you maybe just kind of moody? Are you snapping at somebody? Are you snapping at, you know, your dog? I mean, anything. Just how's your mood? This doesn't mean that every day needs to be freaking rainbows and unicorns either, because that's not realistic. But you really should, you know, have some level of a a joy to some degree. Okay. You should be relatively even tempered. Now, it's not to say that the news might piss you off or anything like that, or that a a spouse or coworker might upset you. That is, you know, an exception. Again, we're looking at averages here, people, (laughs) averages, no rainbows or unicorns here. The next one, this is point number five. How is my overall daily energy? Are you feeling relatively like alert? Are you feeling like you're falling asleep at 3 p.m. and also at 9 a.m. and also at 6 p.m.? That might be an issue. Um check in. How's your overall daily energy? Do you feel like walking? Do you feel like doing the laundry? Well, that's a bad example. Cause really who does feel like doing laundry? Um, just, you know, how's, do you look forward to going to work? I mean, that might even be a bad example if you're not really enjoying your work, but just how's your day in day, day to day to daily energy. Um, cause that's important. And then the next part to this question is what about your energy levels while training? So check in with how's your energy when you hit the gym and you hit a lift or you go for a bike ride or whatever your training method is, how's your energy level? Please do consider your pre-workout meal and make sure that you're fueled, things like that. Um, but how's your energy? How does my training feel? That is something you should ask yourself. Are you slugging along in the gym at a snail's pace, or do you head into every training session with a fire underneath you? This also needs a little asterisk because not every training session is going to be freaking amazing. There's going to be, I'd say out of 10 training sessions, you're going to have maybe two that feel freaking amazing. And then I'd say two to three that are like, meh, yeah, okay. They happened, whatever. And then you're going to have a couple that are just plain shitty and you're going to have a couple that might just, you know, like maybe your performance felt shoddy. Maybe you just felt moody. Maybe you took it out on that jump rope or I don't know, whatever, whatever the frustration is for you. Not every training session is going to feel amazing. Keep that in mind. And when you look at these various measurements of biofeedback, that will really help to corroborate the validity of the number on the scale. And, you know, it will help with that relationship that you have with the scale because the number on the scale won't ever be a source of happiness. I cannot say this enough. That effing number is not really going to make you happy at the end of the day. When you, y'all get really heated about this. When you die, do you think that people are going to say at your funeral? Yeah, she was the skinniest bitch I've ever seen. Or yeah, he was really fit. No, they're they're talking about you. <laughs> they're they're talking about who you are and what you brought to them. They don't give a rat's ass about your weight, and I cannot emphasize this enough, and I get as you can tell by my voice, I get really passionate about this because I wish more people could realize this. Because the quicker that you realize this, the better off you'll be. That number on the scale should only be one tiny piece of information for you because it is an only, it's only, it's only a fucking number. Some numbers can make you feel happy, sure, while others can make you feel absolutely worthless. But again, it is just a number. Do not give that number power in your life. It does not define you. And as I pointed out earlier, it's only that it's the only indicator of success when it isn't the only indicator of success, rather, when it comes to your overall health and wellness. So try not to hang on that number that the scale randomly generates. Okay. So how do you have a healthy relationship with the scale? Ask yourself, why do you want to hit a certain number on the scale? What is your why? What is the significance of that stinking number that you're going after? Where did you get that particular number? Did it just like, is it the number that you, you were, you weighed in high school for crying out loud? Oh my God. You know, high school for me was like 25 years ago. Uh, oh God, I think it was even further than that. I'm 41. I I can't do the math. Whatever. Um, if you're chasing a number just to get into like a pair of jeans that are 10 years old, buy yourself a new pair of jeans. That's the best advice I can give you. Because that getting in that pair of jeans isn't really going to make you happy, all right? But if it is a number that's pretty recent for you, okay, that's a lot more realistic because hormonally, we change, we evolve as time goes on and as we age. So stop telling yourself that a certain weight will make you feel amazing and happy and will solve all your freaking problems and will solve world peace because the scale has never received the freaking Nobel Peace Prize. So it will not solve the internal war that you have with yourself. And I'll be blunt, sometimes we set unrealistic goals for ourselves, sometimes we want to lose 20% body fat in 3 months, sometimes we want to lose 25 pounds in 6 weeks because that's what the magazines say on the freaking counter or checkout line. Gaining weight doesn't happen overnight, but we expect our weight loss to happen immediately like it's a freaking Amazon package. And if we aren't able to lose weight at a lightning speed, then we start to hate ourselves and get a huge case of the fuck it's and proceed to binge ourselves in absolute oblivion while we're blinded eating a box of freaking Oreos. Instead of setting such difficult and sometimes unobtainable goals for yourselves, try making or try to focus on making small changes that have a huge impact on your health and wellness. Go for a daily walk, eat more fruits, eat more vegetables. Hell, eat more lean meats if you're an omnivore. If you're a vegetarian, great. Eat more tofu or whatever your protein choice is. Eat more beans. Drink 20 ounces more water each day. 20 ounces. Just just do that. Take baby steps towards your goals by making these mini goals first. These mini goals are the stepping stones to your overall success long term. You will do nothing but set yourself up for success by accomplishing each of those mini goals. And I just gave you a snapshot. I just gave you a few ideas to go with, because they all will bring you health. Overall health and wellness doesn't happen overnight, but it happens with consistent effort applied over a period of time through these healthy habits. This is where the magic happens. Small habits they add up. Consistency. Aim for that. Don't aim for perfection. Because consistency is what will breed success. And that's why these habits are so crucial to establish. Stay consistent. Don't really worry about being perfect or all or nothing. And try not to give a damn what that scale says every day. All right. With that, I'm going to step off my soapbox now. I hope you've all enjoyed today's episode. If you have any feedback or, you know, maybe you disagree with me, whatever send me a message in on Instagram. You can DM me on Instagram or you can comment on the show notes here. Add a little comment below in the show notes. I'm going to have a couple links to uh, a blog that I also read about this in case you want to read this version of you know the podcast episode. I'm also going to link, a, uh, going to give you a link rather to join my newsletter because I would love to slide into your email one to two times a month Really, I don't email folks very much unless I'm doing a blitz um, or some sort of sale or fundraiser or something like that. But usually that happens maybe three times a year. So I would love to have that email of yours. Uh, That's really all you have to give me. I'm going to be giving you my May update here in about a week or so. So if you'd like to hear my May update with hopefully the final tally from my recent fundraiser with the apparel that launched that I recently did for No Kid no kid Hungry. It's a great nonprofit. Check them out. I'll link them as well. Um, but hopefully in that email, I'll have a tally from the uh, the folks that were handling the sales for me. Bee's Tees. So shout out to Anthony at Bee's Tease. He's been a huge help with setting up this fundraiser for me and taking the lead on it. But Yeah, check the show notes. I will link uh, to the blog and I'll link to that article or that journal uh, study that I did mention earlier. And yeah, if you just want to talk about this, man, add a comment. I would love to hear from you and I would love for you to hit subscribe so I can come into your uh, inbox basically once a week, every Monday. I will have a podcast episode released. Thank you endlessly. I am so appreciative of your time and energy that you put towards listening to this podcast. It means the world to me. For now, have a beautiful day, friends, and fuck the scale.